I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go. There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. But on Wildcard, we have ripped up the typical script. It's a new podcast from NPR where I invite actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to talk about some of life's biggest questions. Listen to Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR. Love Letters is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. It was Pride Weekend in Seattle. Jenny Riffle and Molly Landreth were in their 20s, awkwardly navigating an on-again, off-again, what-are-we kind of relationship. A relationship that was tested when they started seeing other people. I remember being excruciatingly jealous I remember being jealous, too. I remember one specific thing where you made a plan with me and then you, like, went to hang out with your new girlfriend. I think I might remember because I I think the two of us ran into Jenny and Jenny looked like she was going to shoot daggers and and destroy this poor woman who was very, very sweet. And I was like, okay, I guess we're not hanging out. This is over forever. Goodbye. From the Boston Globe and PRX, this is Love Letters. I'm Meredith Goldstein. So far this season, we've been featuring love stories from certain ages. Lessons that people learned about dating and relationships at particular stages in their lives. Today, I want to tell you a story about lessons learned over many years, over many stages of life. Because in the nearly 30 years Jenny Riffle and Molly Landreth have known each other, they've cycled through a bunch of different lessons about love, trust, and companionship. Lessons that were unspooled as their relationship took different shapes, as they figured out who they were as individuals and together. This is a story about how sometimes, no matter how much you grow and change, you can keep someone forever. Their story begins back in the early 90s, in Mount Vernon, Washington, about an hour north of Seattle. Jenny and Molly are in middle school. Here's Molly. I have a total memory of seeing Jenny for the first time. Because she was, like, sauntering through the library where we were all hanging out. And you were wearing, like, this cute baby doll dress and jeans. And that kind of blew my mind. My mom would never let me wear, like, a dress and jeans. This was, like, wild. And your hair was just, like, flowing everywhere. You were, like, like a library goddess in seventh grade. Turns out, Jenny is into Molly's hair, too. Her hair was, like, perfectly braided every day. And I was like, wow, I want to be that girl with the perfect hair. Jenny was like wild child, and I always had pennies in my penny loafers, basically. What kind of kids were you? Like, what were you both into? What did you share? In what ways were you different? 
I was really, really shy and, you know, I wasn't involved in a lot of group sports. I was a gymnast and I, I loved being creative. I loved art projects and I have two little sisters and they were very meaningful in my life. I was also a shy child, although I would never think of Molly that way. At that time in middle school, I was playing music in the band and I was again into, you know, musical theater and acting. I guess I was into studying too. I was into school and classes. We were nerds. Yeah. Th thank you. I was like <laughs> trying to not say that. And then I was like, yep, yeah, we were nerds. Yeah. <laughs> a, no, no shame in that. As a, as a nerd, I, I validate you. So... <laughs> So you talk about meeting, right? Jenny and Molly become close friends, especially in ninth grade, when both are cast as fairies in a school production of A Midsummer Night's Dream. We helped make each other's costumes and, you know, we were climbing all over the auditorium together. And it was like, it was a way of being really vulnerable and physically intimate and all of these things in this very friend way and, you know, kind of overcoming maybe both of our shyness. It was also a creative, you know, outlet for both of us that we got to do together. And that's something that I think has carried through our relationship and friendship all of these years. Both of them feel this strong connection. They don't really know what to call it, though. It seems like maybe more than friendship, but they don't quite have the vocabulary for that yet. I didn't think of myself as being queer, but I didn't also think of myself as not being queer. I don't feel like I really knew what was going on with my sexuality at that point. Yeah, same. Sexuality wasn't really something that I thought about. Jenny and I toyed with the idea of closeness. I think that our friendship throughout high school kind of rode a very fine line between friends and maybe even wanting to be perceived as something more where I was sitting on Jenny's lap all the time. You know, we were always holding hands. I would think that we were like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if somebody thought we were together? But the idea of like, we could actually be together. I don't think that was even on our radar as an option. By senior year of high school, Molly is at a different school, but she and Jenny remain close. They share a love of photography. When they're together, they're always shooting pictures. Just because we have a lot of younger listeners, and I don't want to sound like an old lady, but I think the idea now of, yeah, we're always taking pictures. Everybody's always taking pictures now. But at that point, not everybody was running around taking pictures, right? Like, do you remember what camera you had at that point? It was a gift from my uncle. It was an old 35 millimeter Canon AE-1 program. You know, it was like the, the most expensive sort of thing I'd ever received. And I had the exact same camera, which is wild. And it was also, it was a gift from my dad. It was his, and I think I found it in a cupboard, and he handed it off. When it comes time for Molly and Jenny to graduate from high school, they're headed separate ways, like really separate. Jenny is off to Bard College in New York. Molly goes to Scripps College in California. They part as dear friends. Their first semester away, they start writing letters to each other. And then, when they're both back at home for winter break, it happens. There was just a moment on the couch where we looked at each other and started making out. I remember 
remember that obviously very well. And I think we both had had these experiences in college, which, you know, seems so stereotypical now, but, you know, all of a sudden your, you know, horizons just really widen. I had just developed a huge crush on someone my freshman year and was kind of wrestling with feelings of kind of not confusion or shame, but just kind of like, what does this mean? And I remember sharing stories with you, Jenny, on that, on the couch and like, you had had maybe a similar situation. And then it just kind of, I think it just took away this last kind of layer between us and it kind of clicked really easily. But at this point, you're on in very different places geographically. How does the relationship progress? Yeah, we only had a month home from school at that point over that break. And we both went back to college and we just stayed really connected. But we weren't like, you're my girlfriend now. We knew that we were like in this part of our life where we were going back and we we're going to be living away from each other. And who knows what was going to happen? You know, it was just sort of the beginning of something. Well, it had to have been scary, too, because there is this foundation of friendship that it had to feel like a risk also, right? I don't remember ever being afraid of somehow messing up our friendship by having this relationship. Yeah, it always felt like a very, very natural part of it, that just like a really logical progression. Molly and Jenny settle into a kind of pattern. On school breaks and during summer vacation, they're together. But then they return to their own lives at school. In a way, it was like such a happy, wonderful, beautiful life at home with Molly. And then at school, I'm in school. And so I'm like, everything's harder. And I'm like working and I'm trying to figure out who I am there. Both of them understand that there will be crushes and relationships with other people. They also know they have each other as a kind of foundation. But sometimes things get confusing. We both had an understanding that this wasn't forever. There was zero expectation that, like, we were going to get married and have kids and settle down. And I think if that had been placed on us, maybe if we were a straight couple, that would have been really different. But we had just had this whole new world of possibilities open up. And I think both of us were really trying to, like, be present and in the moment. And that was not without heartbreak. I was constantly pining for Jenny and wondering what she was doing in New York. And I know that there was a lot of hard conversations the other way as well, where, you know, suddenly I would start dating someone and it was, you know, it was not easy. I think that also fueled the intensity of it when we did see each other again and had all those questions like, okay, who are we now? had a really different meaning. When you're 19, 20, like uh, one summer vacation, when you were, it's like, what, two months or something, feels like, it literally felt like we were together for 20 years. It felt so epic and so long. And looking back now, it was actually this, we inhabited these really short spans of time. But the intensity of that moment and who we were to each other in that time made it feel like a much longer relationship, I think. It's an intensity captured in the letters Jenny and Molly wrote to each other from across the country. When we come back, they give us a taste of what they were saying to each other and what they're still saying to each other all these years later. Okay, we're back. So Molly and Jenny are working through all these complicated feelings as they go through college and enter their 20s. 
How do they define their relationship exactly? And what happens now? These kinds of questions show up in their letters. My darling, kudos to you for being fucking amazing. Jenny in a letter to Molly. I love us, Molly, and I love you. And I know that I have a fear of labels, but it does really suck when everyone talks about us more than we do. I don't know exactly when or how it happened, but I do consider us together. But you, of course, are free to do whatever the hell you want. We are far, far away from each other, a big part of the year. Together, to me, means that I want to be with you whenever I can. Hello, my darling girl. Well, it's 9.56 p.m. on July 9th, and I'm trying desperately to archive my life. I purchased two amazing photo albums today, and I've already filled them up. My parents are upstairs watching some special about the Mariners, and I've been thinking about you so much since you left, and especially now that I'm digging back into reorganizing my stuff. I feel like I've been talking to you for the past three hours, but it's really just two deep reflections of you, and the words are all typed and not spoken. I can feel myself getting sappy, and I want to hold back, but I can't. I just really want to tell you how very much I love you. You've had such an impact on every aspect of my life. So here's something I wrote over break. Mine only for today and tomorrow we go away. Maybe I want you more than you know. And she sings along to those songs and I smile and tuck that away just for my memories. Those memories I want more than anything. Well, I'm no poet, but hey, I try. I know that over the last few years, we've had some not so happy moments. And sometimes you confuse me so completely. I feel as if I'm going insane, but What I'm really sure of, and what I really want you to understand as well, is that loving you is the strongest emotion my body and mind has ever experienced. Now I really have to go to class. To put it plainly, I think what we have is great, and I want to keep on having it. I miss you. Goodbye again, Jenny plus Molly. Remember your sunscreen and don't smoke too much. Whisper hello to the streets of New York for me. Love, Mo. When college ends, they remain on opposite ends of the country. Jenny's in New York. Molly moves to L.A. I think that was just kind of my my reckoning. Like, I I have to really acknowledge that we might actually go in two different places. So it was really heartbreaking. Was there one conversation you both can remember where it was outlined that this was the real breakup? No. It definitely didn't feel over to me at that point, even though I did have a boyfriend at that time. It was still always like forever Molly and that I would be with her again someday and that maybe we were going to live in the same city and that's when we could be together. There are still bouts of jealousy and hurt feelings, like that one Pride weekend when Jenny thinks they have plans and Molly ditches her for her new girlfriend. After a couple years, Jenny leaves New York and returns to the West Coast. At the exact same time, Molly moves to New York for grad school. So they're on opposite coasts again. They find time together when they can. Molly spends one Thanksgiving with Jenny and her family in England. As they approach 30, Molly and Jenny are both back living in Seattle. For the first time since their teenage years, there's no distance between them. And yet... Both of them meet other people and begin serious relationships. 
How did you acknowledge, oh, wow, like we are now in the same place, but we can't be doing what we were doing? It was not not confusing. <laughs> for, for all parties, I'm sure, including the people we were dating. We never yeah. had that conversation, did we? No, I don't think we did. It just sort of happened. Was it painful or was it, I mean, can you describe what it felt like to hang out suddenly as friends? We didn't hang out a whole lot at the beginning of those relationships. We kind of both went into different social groups in Seattle and we didn't see a lot of each other. But this relationship, this connection between them, it proves pretty durable. Because we already were such good friends and we went so far back in our life and, you know, we had all of these experiences together as friends when we're growing up in Mount Vernon in high school, it's really easy to be friends again. And even though we didn't see each other that often, we still hung out and... I don't know, we also had photography and we were still connected on that level too. And we even tried to start a business together right around that time, right? Remember our business? <laughs> that is true. That's true. We're like, how are we going to make it as photographers? Let's start a photography business. That was short-lived, but it was fun. But yeah, I, I think that our connection changed a lot. And I think it needed to because there was that, that really kind of like quick succession back and forth of like dating and not dating. And I think there was like a 10 year span where our relationship was very close, but it was also very, very different. I think that we really became more individuals at that point. We ebbed and flowed very, very easily as friends, but I think that's when we kind of like drifted a bit. Jenny's relationship lasts almost 12 years. Molly's lasts eight. She gets married and has a kid. But by the fall of 2018, both of them are single again. Their relationship takes one final turn when Molly turns to Jenny for support after her marriage ends. The only person who I wanted to talk to was Jenny. So I remember reaching out and just being like, oh my God, I need to talk. I am really in a bad place. And your empathy and understanding after coming out of a relationship that was almost 12 years, it was everything. I think that is a point where our relationship evolved once again. And you became, you know, a critical support for me in that time and still are. <laughs> We're still navigating love and life. At that point, so much had time had passed and we again had really grown into ourselves and the people we were. And it just felt natural to be friends. And that's what our relationship was. And I felt no feelings of like, oh, we should finally get together or something like that. You know, I didn't have any of those feelings much more. I loved Molly so much again for she was a big support to me, too, as I had come out of my long relationship. And we were such close friends at that point. And being able to have her in that way was most important to me and what really felt right. There are two things that come out of it for me. One is that you have always had a really interesting way of meeting each other wherever you are. Feelings aside, like having expectations that both of you can meet in a way that I think that sometimes other relationships, and whether romantic or friendship, don't always do. But also, when you reunited after, you know, Molly, after you were leaving a relationship, it seems like that was also a key moment to say, here's, 
here's who you are to be now, and here's what love looks like to us now. When you think about the lessons you've learned, what are they, and, and when were you sort of cognizant of them? I think of Molly as just somebody that can make me happy and it feels like home. I still feel like I want to share everything with her and she's the one person, you know, that I can, that really understands me, I guess. What echoes so strongly is the level of trust that we had with each other. And that comes out so clearly. We were so free to say whatever we wanted to each other and to know that whatever form our relationship took, we would always be there on the other end. I feel like Jenny is one of my life partners. The love is is so deep and so true and real, and I have no fear that Jenny will not be there for me if I need that. These days, Jenny and Molly still live in Seattle. They actually both teach photography part-time at Photographic Center Northwest. This fall, they have a book coming out together called It's raining. I love you. It's a book of photography focused on those early years together, when they were still trying to figure out who they were. It includes some of their intimate letters to each other. And in that process of me reading my own letters that I had sent to Molly, I realized how honest and open I was with her and how completely vulnerable I was with her. And I realized that I had never been that way again in any relationship. And maybe that's part of the reason that future relationships haven't worked is because I I didn't open up to anybody like I had with Molly. I didn't trust anyone enough like I trusted Molly with everything, with all of me in this way. And it was a very profound realization for me. We didn't have visions of what our love would look like. You know, we, there were there were really stereotyped ideas of what like a lesbian relationship would look like and how we connected to those ideas. So being able to have a small archive of us looking in the mirror and trying on different kind of costumes of, you know, like, let's pose like this and see what it would feel like. Let's pose in this traditional family portrait and see what it would feel like. Let's pose like, you know, girls on the run and see what that would feel like. We were able to inhabit a lot of different like times and places just all in one summer, in one small town, just using the camera. What is love? Like, what is love at 40 as opposed to what is love at 20? And to have someone who knows you so well and who knows kind of your heart is is such a gift. I think before when we were dating or just kind of friends in between relationships, there was always the worry that Jenny was going to meet someone and fall in love and and she wouldn't be mine anymore. And I feel very confident that Jenny is mine. <laughs> you know, I don't worry. It's just grounded and stable. And I can't wait for us not to be in quarantine anymore so I can, you know, still hug you and kiss you and just like, you know, do the two-step with you and all the things. That has not changed. Thank you, Jenny and Molly, for sharing your story and your letters and your photos with the world. This is just such an incredible love story and friendship story. Thank you so much for having us. This is, it's been such a treat. Definitely, yeah. Thank you so much. Love Letters is a production of the Boston Globe and PRX. 
Today's episode was produced by Scott Hellman. Ned Porter does our audio mixing, sound design, and mastering. Devin Smith and Jenna Serbo do our audience engagement. Love Letters illustrations by Ashanti Davis. Check them out on the Love Letters Instagram. Special thanks to Brian McGorry and Linda Henry. Our music is from APM. You can find Molly and Jenny's new book, It's Raining, I Love You, at minormattersbooks.com. We'll be taping a live virtual bonus episode toward the end of the season on Cast, K-A-S-T, a watch party app where we can all be in a virtual living room together, podcasting. To be in the audience for that, and to get a free Cast Premium trial membership, go to cast.gg love. Love Letters is also an advice column. Send your questions about your own relationships to loveletters at boston.com. And if you like the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We're online at loveletters.show. It was Lollapalooza. And Metallica. Yes, and Metallica was headlining. And we were just these innocent hippies from Mount Vernon. And we were all had like bloody toes. And I had to get pulled out. It was no, mess, I literally it was really fun. I literally had to pick Molly up and hand her to a security <laughs> guard. Because we had just been in the front of the crowd <laughs> in the previous band. And then Metallica came on. And it was just pushed towards the front. And she was like getting squished. I like had to pick her up and was like, take her out of here. <laughs> I am a small person. (laughs) I'm Meredith Goldstein. Thanks for listening. 